Have you ever asked the question, um, there's got to be something more? And, and why we ask that question is because we, we come to a place in life that we feel a little bit empty. And we feel a little bit lost and we feel a little bit um, maybe not full. Maybe we're, our, our life isn't as full as we wish it, it could be. And so we ask this question, there's got to be more. And this is the perfect question because that is the doorway to having an, uh, that question answered for you. And the doorway is Jesus. And, and we need to realize that he holds some very important keys for us to understand how to live in the kingdom here and now. And that's what this little mini series is going to be. So I want to share with you um, from Revelation chapter 1. It says this, uh, verse 17, Jesus' words. Now remember, Jesus appears to John on the Isle of Patmos in John's um, ripe old age. And he gives him this, this revelation, if you will, of, of things to come. But he starts by introducing himself. He says, fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Aren't you glad that Jesus is alive forevermore? But then he says this, and I have the keys of death and Hades. I have the keys. And so my question when we talk about there's got to be more to life is what we're saying is there's some areas in our life that still feel dead. And Jesus is wanting uh, to unlock those areas in our lives to help us to live life and life in the full, which we're promised. But the world and sin has a way of, of doing damage inside of us and to really to our heart. When, when Jesus says he puts a new heart, when we come to him, he gives us a new heart. It, that is not just symbolic. There's something that transpires. I don't get it. I don't get this whole heart thing and our spirit thing fully, but what I do know that, that Jesus has the ability and the power to unlock some things that have been locked up. And so we want to talk about those things because I, I truly believe that, that we, in light of that dream, if you were here and you heard this, the dream that I had a, a few weeks ago, this idea of that somehow the culture in our world creates this numbness and we become unawares. And we become maybe not sensitive to the, to the things that God wants to do in and through us. And I don't even think it's like keeping us away from sin. I think it's, it's really Jesus is trying to encourage us to say, I have a full life for you. I want you to live in abundance that it spills over, that, it's, that you're not just getting through and not just getting by, but that you're experiencing what it means to be fully alive. Jesus holds the key. He says, I have the keys of death and Hades. And, and I believe that as much as heaven starts now, I believe that we can be living hell today. We can be living now. It's like, well, as Christians, I would say as Christians, we, we, can, we can somehow have things in our heart, past hurts, um, confessions that we've made. Like, I will never... And then the enemy holds that over our heads and then our hearts become calloused and hard. I know for me, because I've been walking with Jesus for, well, since my early 20s, did I really have this come to Jesus moment. 
But just this year, something unlocked in my heart, and you heard that story, something unlocked which made me realize uh, there was something, a callus over my heart that I've been carrying for all these years, and it took an encounter with the Holy Spirit responding to the voice of God that all of a sudden locked, unlocked something for me and realized, wow, there's so much more to life than I was living. And so I want to share a little bit with that with you. So I just came back from um, a trip to Ontario visiting my um, family. For 20 years, my parents have been putting on this thing called Cousins Camp. So my, my siblings, my two older brothers, one younger sister, we all have 12 kids amongst us. And my parents said as soon as any of the kids were able to be potty trained, they would do a camp for the cousins. And so they, this has been happening for 20 years. And so this for, for time back now has been different. It's changing. We have two of the, they're my nieces and nephews, or the two nieces. They're married. One of them had a brand new baby. And so the family is expanding. So we said, should we call it a family? My dad asked, should we call it a family reunion now that like this family is expanding? It's like, no, it is always going to be named Cousins Camp, the kids said. There's something special about getting together. But, but it was interesting because, so we, we usually, my, my dad usually creates a theme from scripture to kind of help us um, navigate the signs of the times and uh, navigate, you know, growing up. And, and so uh, these, this next generation, my dad's pouring into them. And, and this time he was talking about how, how do we have discernment to, to navigate the world that we're living in from a Christ-centered perspective. And one morning we were down by the lake and we had uh, Devo time, which um, I don't know if you knew this, but um, my niece works at this church. Carrie Roberts is actually my niece. And so she was up at Cousins Camp with us. And uh, where's Carrie today? She's probably in the kids' rooms. But, but she had the privilege of leading us in the devotions, which she did a phenomenal job. Um, actually, it was her and my son, Ethan, that were leading the devotional time. And so, so they were leading it just, and then one of my nieces had this very profound thought that I've been sitting on and chewing on, and it's so profound that I wanted to share it with you and then lead into what Jesus talks about for the kingdom of God from Matthew chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to tell you the story first, and then I'm going to read this parable. So my nieces were sitting down by the lake around the campfire. We, we cooked eggs and bacon over the campfire, and we were now for our Devo time, and we uh, shared our Devos. Then we, we spent about 10 minutes uh, kind of in a solo quiet time and say, God, speak to us, and then we came back together to share what, what was on our hearts. And one of my, my nieces, um, her name's Grace, and she shared this, and she shared you know, um, you know the parable of the sower where it talks about the path? And we're going to read about this in a moment. She goes, you know, the path is, is a well, it becomes a path because it's a well-traveled area, right? A path becomes a path because it's well-traveled. And she brought up, she goes, I, I wonder if the path, which has become stony or becomes hard that the seed can't actually take root, are those things in life that have become either patterns or thought processes, or even the way that we conduct our life, that we go over that so many times that it becomes just ritual and routine. We go over that same pathway time and time again, but it's the very thing that's preventing us from receiving the seed that Jesus wants for us. 
I was like, wow, this is grace. She's the one who had, just had a baby. I said, man, having a baby just in my mind, I'm like having a baby just made you so wise. <laughs> you know, usually women are like, you know, they, they're going through their hormonal things and they're like, something happens, but maybe something happened. And I mean, she was always smart, but, but um, just in case she's watching this, I need to make sure she knows she's smart. <laughs> But I, but I started really thinking about that. And Otter and I, uh, that night, as we're going to bed, started talking about that a little bit. Like, what are those things in our lives that we've done that become so routine? Maybe it's not even sin, but maybe it's just so routine that we, that we create these pathways that are so hard that Jesus is wanting to give us fresh seed and fresh life and give us something new. And yet, and yet it can't take root. So I started thinking about what are those things. And, and so I've been thinking about that. And I, I went back to the scripture and started reading about this parable of the sower that, that Jesus gave his disciples. And I'm going to read it for us and start to unlock some keys to the kingdom for you. Now, I, I want you to understand so that, that Jesus isn't just giving you a key to the city, right? Sometimes you've seen that, that symbolic key to the city, like somebody makes a big cartoony key and hands it ceremonially to somebody and said, basically, you have full access to the city. So Jesus did, does give us full access, but we have to realize he doesn't turn over the key. He is like the janitor in the school who has a key, or, or a whole ring of keys on his, on his side and, and we're to link up with Jesus and he un, starts to unlock things for us. He just doesn't hand it to us because, because what, what, if that is the case, we are devoid of a relationship with Jesus. And he is the key. Jesus is the door. He is the key for us in unlocking all these things. And I'm going to say it's actually the Holy Spirit because Jesus himself physically isn't with us, but he has promised his Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said it's good that he goes. It's good that he leaves the earth because he's going to send one, the Holy Spirit, to be with us, the advocate. And, and if we allow him, the Holy Spirit will start unlocking things for us. But we got to stay hip to hip with Jesus, who's going to walk with us into this new territory in these new rooms that are going to unlock parts of the kingdom. And I'm going to say unlocks parts of your heart. So I want you to go on this journey with us and understand that, that as we begin these, these, this little mini-series about the kingdom, it's really about giving you access to things that you currently don't have, that's going to produce something that's going to be greater abundance in your life than you've ever experienced before. So this is what he says, his parable. Matthew chapter 16. A sower went out to sow, and he sowed. Some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came, devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. So this is key. He who has ears, let him hear. The Spirit of God is moving, and he's speaking, and he's wanting to grab our attention. And there are certain areas of our life that either we've become numb to or the culture has uh, informed us or we've, we've walked with certain hurts and pains in our life and our hearts have become calloused 
and our spiritual ears can have a tendency to grow um, dim in our spiritual hearing. And God is wanting us to say, have ears to hear. If you just say just to yourself, Lord, give me ears to hear. So you can say it. Lord, give me ears to hear. Lord, give me ears to hear. There's something about the invitation. Now, some of you weren't so sure about that. Some of you maybe are uncomfortable with the idea that you actually do want to hear what Jesus has to say. I want you to think about this again, because I'm going to have you repeat it. There's something powerful in our words, because as much as our words have power that the enemy will use in the negative that will hold us captive and put um, chains around our life and callous our heart, God is in the process of breaking free for us and bringing us into places of new life. Because he, he, here's the abundance he wants. He says, some seeds fell on good soil, produced grain, some a hundredfold, sixty and some 30. So this is like multiplication times a lot, right? So take your life the way it is right now, and you're saying, am I living the full life that God has for us? Then you're going to be saying, I want my life to be fruitful, and I want my heart to be soft and pliable, that the Spirit of God can be throwing seeds in my heart, and it produces life for me, fruit. Now you're saying, but I but I'm not so sure what that is. And I don't want to give you confidence to realize that anything that Jesus gives you, anything that the Holy Spirit walks you through will produce life for you. It's good. It'll produce something good. It'll produce something that is going to increase. Now, what, what are we increasing? We're increasing things of the Spirit. How many people would be okay with more love? How many people would be okay with more joy? How many people would be okay with more peace? Right? Those are the things of the Spirit that He wants to do, but we, we have a tendency to maybe just walk partially. We make a decision to follow Jesus, and we, we start to our, our journey, and we're faithful to Him. But what I'm seeing is Jesus is moving us into a season where He is actually breaking some of the calluses off of our heart, the hardness of our heart, and He's, he's planting more seeds that are going to produce something even greater for us. All right. Wow, really quiet group here today. What's going on? What's going on? All right, so here we go. So, so now let's talk about this pathway. So this pathway, the sower went out and sowed, and he sowed some feed, seeds fell on a path, and the birds came and devoured them. A path is a hard, trodden-down place, like I, I shared a, a little bit of that story. And, and we have to begin to ask ourselves a question, what are the things that we're doing that have created hardness? And, and he always talks about these things, even though he's talking about something very physical, something that the, the hearers of the parable would understand, a sower, right? The person who's sowing seed, he has a handful of seed for all of you young people who don't know what sowing is. They take a handful of seed and they're throwing it on the ground, Sowing seeds. So then he goes on to saying, well, let me just keep reading. To you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. So for some, people won't understand this. For others, they will begin to understand. This is a secret. Like you have to seek this out. My job is to not make it a secret. My job is to make it very plain for you. But to them, it is not given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and to the one who has um, an abundance, from 
the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So this, this sounds harsh. Like, okay, the one who has abundance, more will be given. The one who doesn't have any, what he do, little he does have will be taken away. That doesn't make sense. And on the surface, it doesn't make sense. But when you realize he's talking about the heart and living abundantly, he says, when you begin to experience joy and your heart becomes open to the things of the Holy Spirit, that, that there's more love and that love can uh, multiplies. It's a multiplication effect. And so it's not like necessarily saying I'm giving you more. It's just more happens. And he's saying when you live your life that, that your heart becomes calloused and your, your life becomes hard, even what you do have, even the joy that you do have or the love that you do have, that stuff will actually start to even dwindle away even further because it is only Jesus who has the keys of life and death can open up areas of your heart to bring more life. Now, it is true. He gives you a new heart when you give your life to Jesus. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus, I would encourage you, not even encourage you, I would implore you. I would just say, we need to do this today because you can't be on this journey of abundance without Jesus, first and foremost, who holds the keys. We need to receive him. But along this journey, he's basically tapping on our hearts to say, would you be willing to give me more access? And would you be willing to have your heart be more soft and pliable that I can plant more seeds? Verse 13 of chapter 13. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of, of Isaiah is fulfilled in the saying. You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For the people's hearts have grown dull. So now he's bringing it back to the heart. And this, this is the dullness. This relates actually to the dream that I had a couple weeks ago. And with their ears, they can barely hear. And with their eyes, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. In turn, I would heal them, and I would heal them. So here he begins to say that, that this all connected, our spiritual ears, our spiritual eyes, so we see and we can perceive and we can discern what the Spirit of God is doing, but, we, but it's connected to our heart. And I think this is why, you know, it's hard for us sometimes because faith sometimes is contrary to the way that we've been trained to just use our minds. So when we, we were young, we've been educated, we go to school, we know how to um, think critically, and so we try to understand everything with our minds, and the reality is the freedom that he's expecting or he's wanting for us is a spiritual um, awakening that can only take place by the, listening to the Spirit of God who will actually address something that's in our heart, and then we have to be in agreement and willing to respond to what the Spirit is saying and say yes. Again, for me, it was a, a willingness to put myself back into a place of being vulnerable to feel pain and hurt again. And in that moment, probably several months ago, in that moment, I heard the still small voice of the Lord saying, hey, would you, would you be willing to experience that level of uh, deep, well, it's not hers, really. It was when my dog passed away, sorrow, grief, and pain. Would you be willing to go there and not just shield your heart? And in that moment, there was something that peeled off of my heart and God 
completely radically changed something in my life, my ability to love and my ability to have um, these emotions that I hadn't had before. So there was an abundance that came out of my life by responding to what the Spirit was saying to me. So let me just keep reading here. Because that's my, this is, if you're trying to say, what, what's, your, what's this point today? The point is, would you be willing to allow the Spirit of God to speak to you? Would you be willing to say, I want my spiritual ears to be, I want to hear your voice. I want to be instructed by you. I want to be able to listen and spiritually see. And then I'm willing to open my heart up to you again to do the work that you need to do. Verse 16, but blessed are are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Basically, it's saying some some really intelligent people who have been trained in theology and religion have longed for this stuff, but they, they missed Jesus coming to them. And I think even in today, our world, we can miss what the Spirit of God is doing if we are not staying spiritually open to the kingdom of God, which is here now. There is a king, Jesus, who is like a janitor who has a bunch of keys on a ring, who's wanting to open up some doors for you, to bring life back to you. And he's wanting you to walk with him, and he's, wanting, and he's starting to tap at the door of your heart and said, would you let me in this area? And if you say yes, he'll take his key and unlock something for you that is actually going to produce greater life for you. So when you ask the question, is there more to this? The answer is yes. But we have to be willing to go to the places that Jesus wants to go to bring our heart back to life. Are you tracking? All right. So then he goes on to explain the the parable of the sower and see if you can see yourself in this explanation. Here then, the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, what has been sown in his heart. Again, this is what he's referring to. See, he is talking about the hard heart. He's talking about the sower. The sower is Jesus and the Holy Spirit who's wanting to bring life to you. But because you of not having the perception of the spiritual ears to hear, the enemy can take the good that the Spirit is saying and snatch it away and then will not produce the desired result for your heart. This is what was sown along the path. For what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, immediately he falls away. And this is really talking about one, Christians and people in general are going to face difficult times. Christians, persecution, Tribulation, difficult times. And is your faith based on life circumstances or is your faith based on, you know, Jesus as your King, Lord and Savior? The one that you can actually count on, the one that gives you strength, the one who gives you confidence and the one that gives you the abundance in the midst of persecution, in the midst of tribulation, who can give you so much. 
But we have to be rooted in him and we have to have our faith roots deepened. Verse 22, as for what was sown among the the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word. And this is what Charlie talked about last week. It's, It's like you can't serve two masters you can't say, I, I love Jesus, but I love the world in riches. I'm pursuing riches because you're going to be torn and you can't, have, you can't serve two masters. You have to say, Jesus is king and he's the Lord of my life. And I can't pursue. The world has a lot of things in it. And remember, as, as Charlie said, money is not evil, but the love of money is. It will, it will lead you to places that bring destruction to your life. So then he goes on to say, as for what was sown among the thorns, we'll repeat this again. This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word and proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, another 60 and another 30. So there's a multiplication effect for those who hear. Now, I used to be under the understanding that the word is the Bible, which is true, and that's the the Logos word. That is the the word of God that is inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by men, but is authoritative for your life. You need to be reading your Bible, for sure. And do what the Bible says. We're, We're to be living in obedience to it. But there's also another word called a rhema word, which is a quickened word, and that is the word of of God through the Holy Spirit, that when he speaks to me, like, like I heard that whisper that says, Mark, are you, are you willing to go there and feel these things? And I had to be obedient to that word, and it produced an abundance in my life. From my heart, it allowed, I mean, it changed almost so much in my life. It, it allowed me to be a better husband. allowed me to be a better father. It allowed me to... to not be motivated in wrong ways. It allowed my heart to, to experience a new um, freedom and a new purity. And that was a result of a rhema word, a word that was spoken to me and quickened to me, but I needed spiritual eyes and ears to hear what that word was saying and then do what it's saying. So my prayer for us today the worship team wants to come back up, is to begin to say to the Lord, Lord, I'm, I want to have spiritual eyes and ears to see and hear. So first comes by an agreement, right? So we're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to hear. The next part is, the, this is the hard one because it's going to require some heart surgery, not physically, but spiritually, where you allow him access to your heart. Now, now I get it. We've, been, we've experienced hurts. We've experienced disappointments. We've gone through hard times. We've made confessions, professions. We've been, whatever is your story, life most likely has, had a way of, and the enemy uses it, to, to callous areas of your heart. I, I, I've said our hearts are like onions. I mean, I just think we're, I'm come to a place of healing and wholeness and all of a sudden the Lord says, well, here's another, another layer <laughs> we can go to. And so, 
so, but the interesting thing, this is the, the multiplication of fruitfulness, is that says when you do have it, he gives you even more. Like when, we, when we're allowed our ears to be spiritually open and we receive what he has in speaking to us, more will be given because we want to be obedient to more. We want to have our hearts open more and we're willing to risk more. And when I say risk, it feels risky, but it's, there's no risk at all. It feels like you are making yourself vulnerable, but it's only vulnerable to the one who can heal. Some of you need to hear that. It feels vulnerable, but it's not vulnerable because you're coming closer to Jesus, who is the one who has the ability to heal. So what is he speaking to you today? You know, I think when he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, I, I think it is, I think that's a true statement. Sometimes to go into those depths of saying, here's my heart, here's all of me, that, that you present your full life, your most, what you would say, hidden and dark places of your heart, but guess what? They're not hidden and dark to him anyways. It feels hidden and dark for you because maybe you haven't even shared them with people. Maybe you haven't even expressed it, but it is expressed. It's expressed in the way that you live your life today. So he's saying, I have the keys of the kingdom are like, I have a door to unlock for you from your heart, a door that's going to bring you greater joy, a door that is going to be unlocked to walk you into a place of greater peace of greater freedom. And you stay hip to hip with Jesus and you say, Jesus, I'm willing to go there. Let's open this door together. Here we go. And, and, and it feels like what's behind the door. And I, I get that feeling because we don't really know what's behind the door. But we do know his nature and his nature is to bring us into good places and he only has good things for us. And so you walk out, you walk out your, your, your salvation with fear and trembling. We come to the door and Jesus, the Holy Spirit is tapping you. You say, would you let me in this area? And he only works through agreement and permission. So he never forces himself on you, but we have to be listening to that still small voice and hear the discernment. It's like, okay, is this a pathway I've walked on so many times? I've, I've trodden this down. Now it's time to till this up or it's time to do something that I, I realize that the the seed that's falling on this is, is, is being snatched away. Or maybe the cares of the world, I, I've been so focused on the cares of the world that, the, the, that it, my faith doesn't have a chance to really take deep roots. I want my heart to be soft, good soil, where the seeds are planted that produce so much life. But it will take courage. And so my prayer for us today is, that you will have courage, that you'd be willing to profess with your mouth and saying, Jesus, my heart is yours, fully yours. That I want my spiritual ears and eyes to be opened up to see that I don't want to be dulled and, um, and confused, that this world has been confusing so many, that I want to see clearly spiritually. I want to hear spiritually clearly because the kingdom of God is here and now. It's, it's actually in front of us and it's to be walked in and it's to be lived in and we are to, to experience the fullness of, of it, which is abundance, which is overflowing, which is, which is such peace and such joy.
the fruitfulness of that. And, and so I would encourage you, if you're willing to go on this journey with me for the next several weeks that we're going to begin to unlock keys to the kingdom, and that we're going to see these things that he's wanting us to step into and walk into, but it will take courage, church. It will take courage. You're gonna to have to face fear face to face because as much as we are gonna see Jesus face to face, and that's fine, your salvation, you're gonna see Jesus face to face when you make a decision for Jesus, right? So that your salvation is when you're faithfully walking with him, that your salvation is, is set. But if you wanna live a life of abundance today, here and now, there's some work that needs to be done. And that work that's gonna be done is in partnership with the Holy Spirit who wants to speak to you who wants to show you things and you walk in obedience and you come face to face with the things in your heart and you say, here it is. Let's take off this layer together. And then you experience this flood of his presence, of his goodness, of his fruitfulness in your life. And then it gives you confidence. Okay, let's tackle this one. Let's open this door for greater freedom and greater fruitfulness. Would you be willing to do that? Starting today, would you be willing to say, open my eyes, I give you my heart. Let's walk together. Let Jesus open the doors to greater freedom in your life. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your Logos word, your scripture that teaches us how to live, we want to be in your word, but we're so grateful for your Holy Spirit that wants to speak to us. The rhema word that wants to guide us, that lead us into all truth, that leads us into greater freedom and wholeness and abundance. Father, I can't give specifics because Lord, your Holy Spirit knows what's in every single person's heart. Your Holy Spirit knows the freedom that you want to walk people out. And so, Lord, I pray that their spiritual eyes and ears would be open to, to see and hear what your Spirit is doing. And then, Lord, I just pray that you'd give each person here that's listening online or listening in a future message or even in this room right now, that they would be willing to face the door of the unknown knowing that you're good and knowing on the other side of the door is greater freedom and greater fruitfulness, evidenced in greater love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, all these things on the other side that would create an abundance Lord, I, I, I'm seeing this picture in my mind right now that there is um, these calluses around a heart, hearts that are just beginning to almost, it's not even falling away, it's, it's almost dissolving. And even as I'm seeing that, there's some emotion that's trying to bubble to the surface for you and I just encourage you, let that emotion come. You've been holding on to that for too long. Allow the Spirit of God to work in your heart and soften it and because the Holy Spirit wants to do a great work. 
The Holy Spirit wants to bring you in a place that is, that is going to allow you to feel the love of the Father, that is going to allow you to express love to other people, that is going to allow you to have greater freedom in your relationships, that is going to actually walk you. You've been walking with anxiety and depression, and you're going you're gonna to let that dissolve away, that hardness, and then you're going to realize that actually on the other side of that door is peace and contentment. Father, I just thank you for the deep work that you're doing right now. Thankful for the work of your Holy Spirit. Lord, if there's anybody here who has not given their life to Jesus yet, I just pray right now that that person or those people would say, Jesus, come into my life. Give me a new heart. I want to serve you, Jesus. I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want you to be the King of Kings. I want to walk into the kingdom of God, experience the fullness of your kingdom. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for my sin, taking my sin, my guilt, my shame, and giving me new life. I receive you, Jesus, into my life. Today, I'm a new creation. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.